Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Epic. So glad you're here with us today. If you're new, my name is Trent, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Epic. And today we are in part two of a series on decisions. And in this series, we are trying to learn together how to make great God-honoring decisions. If you think about it, there's nothing in life that has a bigger impact on us for our lifetime or even for our eternity than the decisions that we make. And we said last week that our lives are the sum total of all the decisions that we've made in our lives. And I don't know about you, but that's kind of humbling to me, especially as I look back at my life and think about some of those really bonehead, stupid decisions I've made. I don't know, has anybody else made bad decisions in your life? Like I've made like quite a few. Like if you, if you haven't, I've got a few to share with you. Uh, I've, I've got enough. Uh, so it's humbling to think that our lives can be summarized by the decisions that we make. And I don't know if we always make that connection. I don't know if we always see that when we're making a decision, it is propelling our lives in a direction. I don't know that we always mentally make that connection. I don't know that, that we, we look at this decision and that decision and that decision and, and see that, you know what, one day it's going to lead in this direction. And I'm not sure I'm really happy about that, or maybe I am happy about that. I'm not sure. I'm not all that convinced that we connect our decisions with the sum total of our lives. And last week, we looked at a very humbling verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says that one day we will all stand before God and give an account of our lives, give an account of the decisions that we've made. That's humbling to think that one day we're going to stare into the eyes of a holy God and we're going to have to answer for some of the decisions that we've made. Some of the decisions now that we think, you know what, I can, I can kind of make it look like it was somebody else's fault. You know, I can kind of hide behind some excuses. I can blame somebody else. In that moment, we won't be able to do that. We'll be staring into the eyes of a holy God. He will know all of our secret intentions, our hidden motives, and we will have to answer. So if you think about your own life, you remember that thing that happened years ago, that decision that you made that you hope no one would ever find out about? That one day you'll have a conversation, I'll have a conversation with God about decisions like that. You remember that thing that you've chosen never to deal with? Like, like still, to this day, maybe you've chosen, I'm just not dealing with that. One day, we're going to deal with that. One day, we're going to have a conversation with God about things like that. And we're going to have a conversation with him about decisions that we made that honored him, decisions that don't honor him, whether we chose to live our lives for him, we chose to live our lives for ourselves. Again, there's nothing that has a greater impact on our lives than the decisions that we make. Last week, we started in this journey, and, and we actually learned that this series is not really about decision-making. It is, but what's behind that is wisdom. Wisdom is the critical ingredient in us learning how to make great God-honoring decisions. And uh, we saw that in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, we saw that that verse gives us the foundation or the beginning of wisdom. And it said this really kind of crazy, confusing thing. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. And we all kind of scratched our heads last week and said, what in the world does that mean? And maybe this week you're still saying that as you've been mulling that over in your mind all week long of trying to figure out what does it mean for us to truly fear God? 
Well, if you missed last week's message, I really encourage you to go to our website, theepicchurch.com, and, and listen to it there. Uh, that, the message is recorded there in a podcast. You can go to our iTunes account. You can listen to that as well. I'm not going to be able to do a great job of summarizing that in a short statement, but I'll do my best. So here's basically what we learned. If we truly learned what fear of the Lord means, then we would understand there's nothing else in life to be afraid of. Nothing. We wouldn't fear what people do to us. We wouldn't fear what people might think about us. We wouldn't fear losing our jobs. We wouldn't fear losing our lives. We wouldn't even fear God because in 1 John 4, it says God's love casts out all fear. And I know like, if, you, if you just thought I talked myself into a circle, I get it. I understand. I said last week, we're going to walk out going like, what? What does that mean and what do I do with that? It's one of those deeper truths of scripture that we have to understand. But again, it says fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if we want to be wise people, if we want to be people who make great God-honoring decisions, we have to start where God starts, and that's at the fear of the Lord helps lead us towards great wisdom. Again, if you missed that message, I encourage you to go listen to that. Now, If you are a Christ follower, there's a good chance that when it comes to making a difficult decision, you turn to God for help. At some point in your journey, you may say, God, like, I can't do this. I can't figure this out. I'm not sure what to do. So God, would you please help me? Would you please give me some insight, some wisdom in this decision that I need to make? Now, if you aren't a Christ follower, there's a good chance that you still turn to God for help in difficult moments. Even people say, you know, I don't even know that there is a God. I don't believe in God in difficult moments. Even those people will say, God, I don't even know if you're real, but if you are, would you please reveal yourself to me? Would you please help me out of the situation? Would you please give me an answer? So we all have this tendency to turn to God when we're kind of at the end of our resources and we don't know what to do, so we turn to God for help. So let me ask, I'm gonna ask for some audience participation here for a moment. So when you turn to God for help for whatever decision that that you're trying to make, what do you want from him? What are some of the things that you want from him when you're asking him for help? So go ahead, feel free to shout it out. A solution, healing, direction, clarity, the answer, yep, peace, those are some great things. So again, basically, you can boil them down to, 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 I think the bottom line is, we want God to give us an answer. Or if we get more specific, we want God to tell us what to do. Like, we want God to be real specific. We want God to tell us who we should date, what school we should go to, what job we should take, who we should marry, whether we should have kids or more kids, whether we should see this doctor or a different doctor, have this medical procedure, how to resolve that, that relational conflict that we're in, whether we should move to another location, whatever. We want God to be very clear and specific and to tell us exactly what he wants us to do. Now, I don't know if you feel this way, but there's many times in my life where I feel like life would be so much easier if God would just tell me what to do. Anybody else feel that way? Great, I'm glad I am not alone. There are moments I just tell God, God, it would be so much easier. Just part the heavens and tell me and I will do it. We'll get to that in just a minute. Now, there's nothing wrong with asking God for help. Nothing wrong with that. James chapter one, verse five makes that clear. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. 
So there's nothing wrong with asking God for help. He loves it when we do that. He loves to give us help. But we're going to explore something in that verse and in Proverbs that's a little bit different than what we're typically looking for. So often we want God to tell us exactly what to do. But what God wants for us is something a little bit different. So we're, we're saying, God, you know, this relational thing, this job thing, this health thing, whatever, be specific, tell me exactly what I should do. And God comes along and says, I'd rather give you wisdom. I would rather help you learn to become a wiser person instead of just telling you what to do. Now, this is gonna sound strange, but I do not think that God wants to tell us what to do in every situation that we come across in our lives. I think God wants us to learn how to apply the wisdom he's given us in the Bible, and out of that, how to make great God-honoring decisions. Listen to this. God's primary will for you is not what you do. It's who you become. Just marinate in that for just a moment. God's primary will for you It's not what you do, it's who you become. See, God is way more interested in you becoming more like Jesus than what career path you choose or where you choose to live. There's nothing wrong with asking God for those things. I think we should. But again, I think God cares way more about us becoming people of great wisdom than he does in answering every question that we might ask in our lives. And I think that's why sometimes God seems silent when we are asking. And I'm sure you've felt that way. I'm sure there are moments where you've asked and you felt like, God, you're so quiet. Why are you so quiet? And I think instead of just telling us exactly what to do in every situation, God wants us to learn wisdom that can guide us in all of our decision-making and help us become the people that he wants us to become. Again, the thing that's way more important to God is that than giving us just every answer that we need. So think about it this way for a moment. My wife and I have four kids ranging from 19 down to 10. So 19, 17, 12, and 10. And when our kids were younger, we would tell them exactly what they should do in order to live successful lives in our household. So we would say, eat this, wear this, get that out of your mouth, give that back, pick that up, put that down. Like everything they needed to know we would tell them. If they, again, they wanted to, to live happy, successful lives with us, just follow the, the, the instructions that we give and you will. But as our kids are getting older, we tell them less and less what they should do and we start asking more questions. Now, my goal as their dad is to teach my kids how to make great God-honoring decisions. And beyond that, I want my kids to become wise people. I don't want to just answer every question that they have. I don't want to just give them every answer that they're looking for. If, if I do that, I feel like I'm setting them up for failure in their lives. So as they grow older, they move out on their own. I feel like they would be totally dependent upon me to make their decisions for them instead of learning to become people of wisdom. So for my kids to become people of wisdom... I have to teach them how to make great God-honoring decisions, and then I have to let them do that as they are growing older. So my kids are in this really frustrating season of life. When they ask for an answer, I don't always give it to them. And sometimes I do. 
Um, but here's a small example. It irritates the heck out of my kids. Uh, they'll ask, hey, how do you spell this? My answer is, there's a dictionary in the front room. There's one other parent in here super excited about my parenting strategy. So every once in a while, I'll spell it for them. And, you know, they may get it wrong because I don't really know how to spell all that well. But um, every once in a while, I'll give that to them. But often, I'll say, hey, there's a, a way that you could learn that. It's a way that you could learn that on your own. And, or I'll ask them a line of questions. What do you think you should do in this situation? What do you think the wisest thing for you to do in this situation? Do you know any Bible verses that can guide you towards the answer that you're looking for? And it's frustrating for my kids. They're like, dad, just give me the answer. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna just give you the answer. I want you to search for the answer. I want you to dig and look, and I'll do my best to guide my kids towards an answer that I think honors God. And it would be so much easier if I would just answer their question. It'd be so much easier for me and for them, but that wouldn't help them become the people I think that God wants them to become. That wouldn't help them grow in wisdom. And so my wife and I ask a lot more questions now in this season of our lives with our kids. Now, for those of you who have kids or want to have kids, just think about this in your life. Do you want your kids to depend on you for every decision that they need to make? And I'll say it this way. Do you want grown kids needing you to tell them every decision that they should make for the rest of your life? One person saying no, if you are wondering, he's correct. The correct answer is no. We should not be telling our kids what to do the rest of their lives. And if you're a kid sitting next to your parents, elbow them, okay? Let them know. Like for the rest of your life, we shouldn't be doing that. We should be guiding our kids in the direction of wisdom. And out of that comes great decision-making. And I think that's what God does with us. He gives us wisdom, he gives us guidance, and he empowers us to make great God-honoring decisions. At the core of great decision-making is an ever-growing relationship with God where he points us towards his wisdom instead of just telling us what to do. And I'll be honest with you, there's a part of that that's super frustrating to me. I don't mind the ever-growing relationship with God part, but it's so frustrating to me because in those moments where, when I don't know what to do, all I want is for God to tell me what to do. I say, God, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And you know, let me just clarify that. Uh, something I referenced a little bit earlier. I don't always want God telling me what to do. I don't know if you're like this or not, but in my life, like when I've run out of resources, when I can't figure it out, when I'm banging my head against the wall and I'm trying to figure this thing out and I, I just don't know what to do, that's when I want God to step in and give me an answer. But most of the time, when I feel like I've got my life under control, I don't want God interrupting my routine to tell me something that he thinks I should do. Anybody else feel that way? Great. I'm, I'm glad. My name's Trent. I struggle with control issues. I'm glad we're all here together. So often, like, I just want God to jump in in those moments, and many times, like, I don't want him always telling me what to do. So we got to clarify that. And again, sometimes I say, God, just tell me what to do, and sometimes he does. Sometimes he steps in and says, here's the answer. He, he doesn't make me go look for the dictionary, but other times God says, Trent, I want you to go look for the dictionary. 
because I want you to become a person of wisdom. Now, if you've been reading Proverbs with us as a church, this, this past week you've read Proverbs chapter one through chapter six. And uh, the first two chapters there give us some great insight, I think, into how God works with wisdom. So there's moments that God gives it to us. There's moments that God asks us to dig a little bit. So Proverbs chapter one, verse 20 says, wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street to those gathered in front of the city gate. So this is a very public place. So she's walking around in in plain view, out in public, shouting this. And this is what she says. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? And she says, come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. Now, that passage, oddly enough, reminds me of Easter egg hunting. So when my kids were uh, a lot younger, we would take them to Easter egg hunts in town. Um, you know, the city of Palm Coast does one. There are several churches around that have done them. And uh, they're not really Easter egg hunts. Uh, if you look at the picture on the screen, they are Easter egg pickups. You know, so you get your kids all ready and they're lined up waiting for the organizers to say, you know, go. And the organizers, they've just thrown eggs out in the middle of an open section. And your kids are like chomping at the bit, you know, can't wait and go. And in they go. And you got to be careful because they'll trample you. And they go out. And what are they doing? They're not hunting for eggs. They're picking up eggs. So they just go find an egg and put it in their basket as many as they can get. And that's how Proverbs chapter one reads to me. Wisdom shouts in the streets and cries out in the public square, come and pick up my wisdom. I've laid it out in plain view for you to see. Just come and get as much as you want. So I think that's how God gives us wisdom sometimes. It's readily available to anybody who wants it. All we have to do is ask and God says, here it is. And the cool thing is, You don't have to just be a Christ follower to learn this wisdom and to benefit from it. You know, Easter egg hunting is not like you run out there and pick one up and go, for Christians only. That's not how God works, you know, with this wisdom. He says, listen, if you're not a Christ follower, it doesn't matter. You can apply this wisdom and it can benefit your life whether you believe in God or not. Here's an example of that from Proverbs chapter 15. So Proverbs 15 verse one says this, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. So that's wisdom that's readily available. You can use it this afternoon. Like if you're in conflict with somebody at home, you can use it today. If there's conflict that you're having at work or this relational situation that you have to deal with and you're like, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to resolve this relational conflict. Like, should I be like a lawyer and build my case and tromp on them the next time I see him at work? I, I know there's gonna be tension. I know they're gonna get angry. I, we got angry the last time we had this conversation. Like, we're probably gonna get angry again. What should I do? Apply Proverbs 15, verse one. A gentle answer deflects anger. It is so hard to argue with someone who doesn't want to argue. I know. I try to argue with my wife when she doesn't want to argue. There are many times she applies this verse and I say, you got to stop it. I know you're applying Proverbs 15, one on me, and I don't like it. And she stays calm. And it's very effective. It's irritating at first, but it's very effective. So again, sometimes God's wisdom is so readily available All we have to do is pick it up and apply it. 
Now, since my kids are getting older, we have Easter egg hunts at our house that are really hunts. Uh, my wife gets all kinds of eggs together and she puts money in them and uh, some candy, but usually there's a lot more money than candy. She hides them all around the outside of our house and hides them. There are a few out in the open, but not many. And so we keep our kids inside and at a certain time we say, okay, go. And they have to run out and hunt for these eggs. That's how Proverbs chapter two reads to me. So starting in verse one, it says, my child, listen to what I say and treasure my command. Tune your ears to wisdom. Concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would silver and seek them like hidden treasures. Now, let's just say that my wife likes to hide solid gold eggs for my kids. Let's just say. How hard do you think my kids would look to find these eggs? My kids are old enough to understand the value of gold. I think my kids would tear up my yard looking for those eggs. I think I would tear up my yard looking for those eggs. I think you would come to my house and tear up my yard looking for those eggs. You're like, hey, is it Easter egg hunt time? Let's go, we're here. I get it. I think months from now, my kids would be looking for those eggs just in case they might have missed one of them. I think that's how God gives us wisdom as well. Sometimes it's readily available. Other times it takes time to discover. We have to dig for it. We have to concentrate on it. We have to determine to find it and look for it as if we're looking for hidden treasure. That's what our verse from last week looks like to me. Proverbs chapter one, verse seven says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. Again, I said earlier, that verse isn't easily understood. We have to search for it. We have to dig to understand its meaning. We have to determine to understand what it means and how to apply it to our lives. And then we look at Proverbs chapter two, verse five, and it comes along and gives us a little bit more explanation of what fear of the Lord means. And it says this, then, which means after we've listened for wisdom, cried out for insight, searched for understanding. After we've done all that, then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge and understanding. So the fear of the Lord can only be understood as we wrestle with this one, as we dig and we search and, and it's like we're looking for a solid gold egg hidden in my backyard, like I've got to keep looking because I know it's here. And, and as we do that, then we begin to understand what fear of the Lord means. That's the beginning of wisdom. And out of that comes the ability to make great God-honoring decisions. And the really cool thing about us searching for wisdom is what it says in verse six. So in verse six, it says, for the Lord grants wisdom. I love that. We search for it. God loves to give us wisdom when we're searching for it, when we're asking for it. And that's totally different than God just telling us what to do all the time. So when it comes to learning wisdom and how to make great God-honoring decisions, we need to ask for God's wisdom. We need to search for it. And we need to know that God is going to give it to us. Now, out of uh, that and, and this process of us learning how to do that, here's one question that I think is a great question for us to ask. Uh, one question that, that I think can be a life changer for all of us in learning how to, to make great God-honoring decisions is this. What is the wisest thing for me to do? In my current situation, my current reality, my current season of life, what is the wisest thing for me to do? 
I didn't say, what do I want to do? That's often different than what the wisest thing for me to do is. I didn't say, what does my mom want me to do? My mom's pretty wise, but I've got to, you know, judge that. Like, what's the wisest thing for me to do? I didn't say, what do my friends want me to do? I said, what's the wisest thing? What would God want me to do in my current situation? Now, my oldest daughter is asking that question right now and wrestling through that one. Uh, she's 19. She just finished uh, her first year of Bible college up in upstate New York. And she's looking at what she should be doing next year. And she's asking this question of God, God, what's the wisest thing for me to do? And she has several options in front of her and they, they each has pros with them, each has cons. And the cool thing for me as her dad is what I'm watching in her. I'm watching something happen inside of her. She's growing a faith of her own. She's learning to depend upon God and that God can be depended upon. So she's looking to, to me and my wife for some wisdom and guidance in that as well. And we're trying to do our best to provide it. Uh, but she is becoming a person of greater wisdom because she's asking this question. She's searching for an answer. And I'm so proud of watching what's happening in her. And the funny thing is, in her situation, um, the options that are in front of her, none of them are bad options. God can use any one of these options to guide her in her life. But again, the coolest thing for me to watch is her dad. And I think the greatest thing that God cares about for us is the people that we become in the process of learning how to make a great God-honoring decision. So when you and I are wrestling with a big decision, asking and answering that one question can help us learn God's wisdom and out of that make great God-honoring decisions. And you think about it, that question can guide us in so many subjects when we're making financial decisions, relational decisions, parenting decisions, ethical decisions, school decisions, job decisions, whatever decisions. It can guide us in almost every decision that we have to make if we will ask and answer that one question. What's the wisest thing for me to do? So if you are facing a difficult decision right now and you don't know what to do, you're at the end of your resources, I encourage you to ask God for wisdom. Ask what's the wisest thing for you to do and then search for God's answer. It may be readily available. He might just have it handed out to you or he may say, go look in the book. Go look in the dictionary. I want you to develop wisdom this time. And we should always remember what God says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. God loves to give us wisdom. God loves to guide us in this process. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is what, what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And our promise is he will show you which path to take. So trust God and God will show you which decision that you need to make when you're faced with that difficult decision. Now, next week, we are going to do our best to answer the question, how does God speak to us? A, a big question. You know, as a pastor, I get asked that question all the time. How do I know God is speaking and how do I know God is speaking to me? So starting next week, we're going to try to answer that question because I think it's a key piece in the puzzle of us learning wisdom and learning how to make great God-honoring decisions. So I hope you'll come back for that. And this week, we're also going to continue our reading in Proverbs. So we'll be reading chapter 7 through 13 this week. If you're just catching up or starting out with us and like to join in, you can just read two chapters a day, starting in verse 1 or chapter 1, and then you'll catch up. We'll be at um, 
chapter 14 at the end of next week. So um, dive in with us for that. Now, if you are making a, a, a difficult decision right now, um, our, in just a moment, I'm going to close in prayer, and our worship team's going to come out, and they're going to guide us in this final song. And if you've never asked that question before of God, I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to say, God, I need your wisdom. What's the wisest thing for me to do? And I'm going to trust you because I know you're going to answer me. Keep my eyes open to what your answer is and guide me as I'm searching for that answer. So I encourage you to do that. If you need prayer this morning, if you're really wrestling with this decision, you'd love somebody to pray with you, we're gonna have some folks in the back corner over here that are gonna have a prayer sticker on. So just find somebody that has a a sticker on their shirt that says prayer, and they would love to pray with you this morning. So let's pray together, and then our worship team's gonna come out. Lord, often we get stuck in these situations where we don't know what to do. We're not sure how to, to make a, a decision that will really honor you. And Lord, I know that there are some people here today in, in those moments, Lord, wrestling with financial decisions or job decisions, future decisions, relationship decisions, health decisions, uh, marriage decisions. Or there's all kinds of decisions that we face in our lives. And there are times we get to the end of our resources. And Lord, that's probably a really good place for us because that's where we get to the beginning of you. And that's usually when our ears are most open to what you have to say to us. And God, sometimes you come along and you just tell us the answer, and it's, it's a wonderful thing. And other times you come along and say, hey, I want you to search for this one. I'll guide you in this process. I'll, I'll stay engaged in the conversation, but I'm not just going to tell you what to do because what I want out of this is for you to become a person of greater wisdom. Would you care more about that than anything else in our lives? So Lord, I pray for those people today that are wrestling with a decision that they have to make. I pray that they would cry out to you for the insight that they need. I pray that they would search for that. And I pray that they would trust you knowing that you will give them the answer. You love to give us wisdom. You love to speak your truth to us. So Lord, I pray that we would trust you in that process of making this decision. Guide us, Lord, as we're stepping out into unknown territory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, we are so glad you've chosen to join us today. I'm Sarah, and I'm going to take a few minutes to tell you about what's going on here at Epic. If this is your first time at Epic, welcome. We are excited that you're here with us today. If you'd like to get more information about who we are, please stop by the Connection Center on your way out. We'd love to meet you and give you some more information about what EPIC is all about. Our student ministry, Surge, is about to go to camp next month. Many of you have asked in the past, how can you help because you love investing in the lives of students? We want to invite you to be a part of this life-changing experience by sponsoring a student going to camp. If you would like to make a donation, you can either note that on the memo line of your check or in the space provided when you give online. Just make sure you label it Summer Camp Sponsorship. At Epic, we love to give of our time, talents, and resources to see lives changed and to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If you call Epic your home, there are two ways you can give, either through our giving boxes behind each of the seating sections or online at theepicchurch.com. Well, those are our announcements for today. To find out more about what's going on at Epic, like us on Facebook or visit our website, theepicchurch.com. Enjoy the rest of the service.